I said that I loved her. Wouldn't put anything above her. I slurred those words and heard bells resound in a symphony. An orchestrated harmony, sublime, divine in nature, the way she corrected my stature, fed fuel to my future, and nurtured my life. A wife, she was beyond that. I wanted to be more than just a man. The hand she used to soothe her pain. I wanted to reside in her veins. Be the blood to keep her heart beating, be the reason she needed to be all she could be. Would we be the epitome of what union is? Give glimpses of what happens when substance meets structure. When the touch matches the sentiment and our actions are sincere. There's a balance there. A fear that you may not be given enough. And when that feeling is mutual, you can actually view love for what it is. A balance. A standstill. A distinction between real and fake. A place free from deceit and doubt. A station without stating the words because they're felt. Held in the highest regard but displayed in a timid demeanor. No need for mean gestures when love is festered in the heart. And if you start that as the premise, then you finish where you began, with the truth. The proof that a bond bonded on balance will beam triumphant in the end, where you can't determine where friend end and lover begin. It's in that instant. Love is depicted, descriptive, and plain. Because the aim never really changes. And our way may sway at times, but at the end of the day, we'll find our place right beside each other. Mended at the roots, fortified at the base, flourish with the fruit of fidelity, sincerity, and the fruition of what God intended us to be. In the balance of things, where all things in its own unique way correlates. That's the balance. When the word we precedes I and I die without you and never strive to hurt you. That's the balance. So I hope to find us amongst the elite of this discreet group of lovers who will put their lovers needs above the fulfillment of their own. This is where the house is adorned with the beauty of the home and may God protect it. And may we thrive to respect it for all it's worth. And may we always put each other first. And the thirst to please you. May it always be accompanied with your hunger to please me. And that's the balance of love. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to... 
Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. Spoken Soul family was good. I hope, I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you focus on the goal. Today is the day we shine. And I need us to get in tune. Buckle up. Let's go. Spoken Soul family, what's good, what's good, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. And uh, like I told you guys uh, a few weeks ago, that uh, we was going to start broadcasting through through Clubhouse. We're going to start broadcasting through Clubhouse. And um, the reason for doing this, it was, it was because I wanted to try to get the engagement, you know, from the people. You know, oftentimes when you do podcasts, you know, you're just speaking. But, you know, the Clubhouse uh, aspect allows us to engage while the conversation in real time why it's going on so people got thoughts they got comments they want to you know go back and forth so let me just explain the format you know uh this is a live recorded podcast we will ask some people to come up on the stage to give their uh their opinions uh their thoughts on the topic um and we'll ask selected few poets on in the audience to come up and bless the mic it's not going to be everybody it's not uh, like an open mic type thing but uh i will definitely um bring certain people up in order uh for them to bless the mic and i'm definitely trying to introduce different people different audiences to this spoken word thing on clubhouse because i think it's beautiful and dynamic okay so today the topic of the podcast Is What do you expect of me What do you expect of me This is a question That we're asking Men Men are asking this question to women And women are asking this question To men So the purpose of this dialogue We want to get into the nitty gritty we want to get into, you know, the differences, the, the, the miscommunications, you know, we're not on the same page and we want to get there. You know, what do you expect of me? I'm going to ask that question, you know, pond on it. And, and, and the fellas, you know, I want you fellas to, to, to state, say it with conviction. <laughs> what do you expect of me? And this is not to cause any type of riff or any type of friction between us. It's to find common ground. 
Because oftentimes when we really sit down and think about the expectations that we expect from one another, we'll, we'll see that they're warped. They're unrealistic, you know, and this society just have a way of, you know, pumping us with unrealistic, false expectations of one another. And when we don't meet these expectations, you know, the relationship is in ruin. So we're trying to fix that. You know, what do you expect of me? So in order to do this, you know, I brought I brought some some people to the <laughs> to the podcast. You guys know about Obsidian Rain. She's been on my show numerous times, numerous times. She's sharp like Obsidian as her name. And um, I love the way the sister thinks. And um, I love her perspective on things. But she's sharp, though, you know. So we're gonna get we gonna get into the nitty gritty with her, and then you know my brother. This is my brother. We go back like car seats. Uh, you know my brother, written in pain. Uh, I brought him to the to the topic to the to the discussion. You know, because uh, oftentimes you know he has a lot of great things to say as well. But uh, we're gonna get into this discussion, and um, we're going to eventually, you know, invite the people up. You know, uh, let's let's let, let's first welcome the panel members of the of the discussion. Uh, Lady Obsidian Rain. You there, Obsidian? Are you there? You still on mute? Oh, there you go. Hold on. I can hear you now. My bad. I if if anybody was talking, I couldn't hear anybody. I had my fader all the way down. <laughs> that was crazy. If anybody was talking, they wouldn't have been able to hear. I wouldn't have been able to hear nothing. But uh Lady Obsidian Ring, welcome to the stage. Uh and my brother, Mr. Written in Pain. What's good, bro? You there? Can can you hear me? We can't hear you, bro. Hey, you probably got to go out and come back in. So, uh, Lady of City in the Rain. Until paying already. There you go. You, you, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Welcome to the stage, my brother, Mr. Written in Pain. What's good, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. All right, all right, all right. Now, Lady Obsidian Rain. Yes, sir. What do you expect from me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm probably the worst person to ask this question because I don't expect nothing from nobody except for them to be who they show me themselves to be. Mm. I'm going with expectations. I have my standards. Okay. 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 So I this is what I want you to do, because you're the only female on the stage as of yet. We're gonna invite some more females to the stage. Uh I want you to ask Mr. Written in Pain, what do you expect from me? <laughs> <laughs> I Mr. Written in Pain, what do you expect from me? 
as, as a lady? <laughs> uh, you know, it's that yin-yang thing. Um, you know, that that piece of yours, uh, Balance of Love, which I'm very familiar with, man, that says it all for me, man. You know, it's basically about balance. Where I'm lacking, I'm hoping that you could fill those gaps. Where you're lacking, I'm hoping we could fill those gaps or, you know, create a circuit where there are no gaps because we're constantly making sure that we're good. And I think there's a part in that poem where the sentiment of the poem is like, if you're as uh, motivated to see me happy as I am to see you happy, we should be good. Profound. Now, when you ask me the question, what do you expect of me? I'm glad you made mention of the poem, Payne, because I wrote that poem with that idea in mind. You know, I was thinking real quickly on that poem. I was thinking, you know, what is love? I was pondering that question. And believe it or not, you know, I'm not a slow writer. I'm not I'm not the fastest writer, but I'm not a slow writer at, at at that i'm not a slow writer but i'm not the fast because i I really write from my feelings and from perspective so it took me a while to finish this poem like i had the concept of this poem in my head for I, i would say about three months before i even put pen to paper i had the concept in my head and the concept was what is love and i was going through the things and i was like i i imagine a a tug of war and when you look at a tug of war, if you see, if you watch competition or whatever the case may be, there's a flag in the middle of the rope. And then both parties are, are pulling. And you notice in the tug of war, when you pull, you know, you're pulling your opponent towards you. And then your opponent is pulling. He's pulling him towards you. So if both teams are equally matched, what happens is a standstill. The flag won't move. It's a balance. And I think that that balance, for me, it defines love. It it, it says that no matter how much you give, you will never be able to be depleted because as much as you're giving, I'm replenishing. As much as you're giving me, I'm replenishing. As much as I'm giving you, you're replenishing me. So it it creates a balance. It creates a standstill. It creates something where neither party can overtake the other. And when that balance is stricken, that is when you have love. That's when you have the idea that this person right here, uh, I'll do anything for this person. But I know this person won't take me over the edge because that person loves me. So that person wants to hold me up. So as much as I want to give, they won't allow me to give. They won't allow me to deplete myself. And oftentimes when you find relationships that people think is based on love, it really isn't. And it's really based on infatuation because one party, the difference between love and infatuation is the fact that. You know, I'll be willing to do anything for you if I'm infatuated with you, but nothing will come back. So in a situation like that, it won't take long. It won't take long, depending on the amount of resources I have to expend. It won't take long for me to be depleted. And once I'm depleted, I'm useless. I'm useless to myself and I'm useless to anyone else. I have nothing. 
So a lot of relationships, a lot of sisters find themselves in these type of relationships where you got a man that's taken, 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 and never and never replenishes, never gives you back anything, never gives you anything back. So when you really look at it, you gotta you gotta be able. The trap door would be like they're given, but it's still not sufficient enough because it's not filling the other aspects of what it means for a fulfillment. If that makes sense. Yeah, indeed. But the idea is that when you when when the person is infatuated, you know, you can't tell that person they're not in love. You can't tell that person, oh, what they're feeling is not real. To them, you know, they're in love. But the but the key, but the key, the key to that is the fact that if it's not given back, then this person will will be will will be depleted. Like I wrote this poem called In the Name of Love. And and and, and it's a part in that poem is a stanza when I was like, he would spend every cent to have a sense of attachment to something. Anything. Anything, you know, and and oftentimes when you find people reach that point of desperation, you'll see them doing abnormal and and desperate things for love, you know, or or the idea of love, you know. But pain, what you think about it? Bro, I'm not a fan of that word. Um I'm really not a fan of that word because it's vague in definition. Um, and I have found that there are words more important than love, like respect and admiration and, you know, to adore someone. Love, you know, under the guise of love, people get abused. People a lot. <laughs> so it's more about the action to me than than the word because that word gets tricky. Um, I would much rather have my mates respect than their love, if that makes any sense. Mm, I dig what I dig where you coming from. I dig where you coming from. In the name of love, and when I wrote that, that was the, that was the key that love is something that people look at as being something precious, something that you can't live without. But in the name of love. Some horrendous things have happened. You know, people, you know, people lose their lives in 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 the so-called name of love. People say that, oh, I'm doing this because I love you. And, you know, they're hurting the person. But they say, I love you. I love you. So I did. I definitely dig where you're coming from. But in the terms of, you know, trying to trying to reach everyone, you know, in the sense of them to them get an understanding of what this emotion is. Forget the name. But whatever this emotion is that balances you out, this emotion that allows you to give of yourself and to receive from someone else of equal measure and y'all create a union. You know, it's it's something magical. Whatever you define it as is, is, is a moot point. But that thing that 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 very essence is is what we live for is like what we what we aspire to, you know, and and a lot of times, you know. These false senses of expectations of, oh, what I have to be in order to be a man. You know, so we won't get into the nitty gritty of that. Number one, why are men 
And I see, I want to make mention, I see you guys in the comments. Elizabeth, you made a dope comment. I'm going to read that a little bit later on. But I'm going to get into the comments, you know. So keep putting the comments in the chat. We're going to get to those and we're going to bring some of you guys up. But when you really look at it, right, you know, just look at the, uh, the expectation of men and what they're expected to bring to the table. Let's talk about men first. Let's, let's, let's deal with the men first. A man is in, he's expected to be the sole provider. He's expected to be the breadwinner. He's expected to, uh, to sustain his family. But in this day and age, at least to me, you, you may have a difference of opinion, but at least to me, men and what they contribute to a relationship and the dynamic of family is often neglected or overlooked. You see it. You see a lot of times like when Father's Day come around, Father's Day come around. It's like, you, you know, what I'm saying you could miss it if you ain't really paying attention. You could miss it, but you won't miss you won't miss Mother's Day. You know, and then a lot of times in the black community, you hear a lot of our sisters, they 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 say to the men, you know, if they're making more money than that man, oh, I'm dating down. And I think just the idea of that. I make more money than you. Oh, I'm dating down. This is the thing that's causing this rift in between the black man and the black woman. This is that very thing. It's the, we're the only people who contend with, with, with each other publicly, public forums. It's all on all the, the, the social medias. It's on all the shows that's associated with us. Is that we don't, you know what I'm saying? If you ain't making no money, you're worthless. And if you are making money, then you're tolerable. You can be, you can be tolerated. Oh, oh, he, 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 he's rich. You know what I'm saying? He got caught cheating. Like when, 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 <laughs> when, uh, what's his name? Um, Kirk, when Kirk got caught cheating on Rashida on the love and hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Take him back, girl. He got money. Take him back. You know what I'm saying? You tolerate the nonsense, the things that you say that you set your standards on. Oh, I have standards. I'm not going to tolerate this. But when it comes to a pay, and I'm not saying all women, this is not referring to all women, but you, the women that they put in the forefront in the shows, on the social media, this is how black women are represented. Now, I know better. I know black women, you know, and um, I know better, but this is the image that's projected everywhere so these are the stereotypes that get associated with us black women or they're gold diggers you know what i'm saying they're gold they, they make all types of social content in, in regards to you know black women just money hungry if you got money as long as you got a bag you can do anything you know and i think this image is damaging it's very damaging and it's causing the rift between the black man and the black woman the black man brings more to the table than just being a wallet, an ATM, and being a security guard. He brings more. The dynamic of the male being in the home, and oftentimes a lot of sisters don't, don't uh, recognize this, in the early stages of the child's life, he needs his mother more. He do. The father is there, but his, his presence is not as vital as the mother's presence in the early stages of the child's life. But when the child gets older, say that again. I'm a call for, I'm on that 
All right, I'm going to let you respond to it. Now, let me just finish this thought. When he, when he, when the child gets older, you see the adolescent stage and you see this a lot in the single parent households that you see that came into fruition from, let's say, 15, 16 years ago. Or let's round it off and just say 20 years ago. You see the remnants of these single parent homes where the child was being raised by the mother and you see the society as a result of it. And you see what direction are we in? The direction that the women are talking about how the men are. You have to realize that it was mainly the women that was raising this generation that we see today that we're so discontent about. This was the generation absent the fathers. Absent of fathers, but you still have our sister saying, oh, I don't need a man. You still hear you still hear our sister saying, oh, uh, yeah, I can do it by myself. But this is the this is the 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 reality of doing it by ourselves. So I just think that, you know, a lot of times in a relationship, what the man brings to the table is overlooked. He he provides structure. He provides stability, you know. There's no more bigger threat that you can tell a child than I'm going to tell your daddy. I'm going to tell your daddy. That threat right there holds weight. It holds weight. And when the child oftentimes becomes unruly, when he becomes 12, 13, 14 years old, and the mother can't handle him no more, this is when, oh, where's your father at? The same individual that you isolated, that you ostracized, you kept away, where he's at. And we can't do it by ourselves, even though the father is not present. He's not vital in those early stages in that aspect of nurturing. He's still he's still vital for the presence of that stability, that security, the type of structure that he provides by by just being in the household. But go ahead, Lady Obsidian, you call flag on the plate. Let's hear it. Okay, first of all, the presence of the man from the very beginning is just as important. How else does a mother stay stabilized to have a healthy pregnancy to, you know, have, you know, a better overall, like, raising without the male presence? I mean, the reality is we want to talk about it takes two from beginning of conception all the way through, not just blocks of a child's development the way that a father shows up even in the infant years of being able to bond helps with a child's forming of identity being because it's all mirror neurons in the very beginning and like this is going into like the neuropsychology aspect of development we have neurological nerves that mirror the other person so if we're only interacting with a mom because this is the baby stage that little kid is growing up and doesn't see the duality of a person being masculine and feminine, having male features and having feminine features. Like, so no, it's not when they get off into adolescence, that's when the man becomes more important. You have to establish that bond in the relationship, even in those early newborn to three-year-old ages, going up into five. So yeah, flag on the plan now. All right. Flag. So let me, let me clarify this statement because the thing is, when I said that he's not vital, the nurturing process that that happens between the child and the mother, you know, is a bond that's being bonded, you know, 
she's she's nurturing the child. The same way. Fathers can nurture. I don't No, fathers, 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 I'm not saying fathers can't nurture. Fathers can nurture, like women can protect. Women can protect, but the responsibility of the protection is not going to be laid at the hands of the mother, even though she's going to do her own form of protection. So if someone is trying to uh, assault the family, who would you expect to stand up and if they overpower them to be overpowered first, it would be the father, you know, but oftentimes, oftentimes you find the rhetoric that goes around with our women. We don't need no men. We don't need no men. Yes, you are. And this, the, the more we keep perpetuating those those same statements that we know were crafted and placed in our community, you're buying into the hype and it's still creating a decisive and hostile environment of being able to sit back and listen. For the first, for, to, to even start off this conversation, I don't even, hearing the word expect immediately is nails on the chalkboard to me. Expect? Expect to do nothing but stay black and die. No, they gotta be yeah. some expectations, Obsidian. No, so you saying? So hold on, let me ask you. Okay. Let's clarify no, this, because you saying that no expectations. You have no expectations at all. I I do not, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I am anal, okay, when it comes to understanding words and exactly what they mean. Perhaps it's because I did a lot of spelling bees as a kid and I had to go and look up the definition of words. But a definition of standard means a level of quality or attainment. You have to set the level of quality that you are looking for. That is the standard. Expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Which means if you meet the standard, then the expectation would then follow, oh, because this has already been the norm, I can expect it to continue. Not I'm coming in with expectations and you have to reach this. I'm not expecting anybody to be anything but themselves. And when we talk about expectations, it immediately sends people into defense mode. It immediately tells them, oh, I need to compare. It immediately causes anxiety and depression. So no, I don't have expectations of people. I have a standard of what I am looking for and what I want. And I watch to see if it is available in that person. The freest thing that I ever did was understand the concept of there's nothing wrong with you you're just not right for me which means there's nothing wrong with me it's okay if i'm not right for you okay see so yeah get you got have a question mm-hmm. answer when you're talking to someone trying mm-hmm. to find things out about them trying mm-hmm. to figure out if this person is even compatible for you if you are even interested in pursuing something with them in order for this to be known you have to get information from them, right? I mean, you can't yeah. read their mind, right? In order for you to know someone or get to know someone, mm. you have to have communication with them, right? I have to experience them because people lie with communication. Okay, so do you have expectations of them telling the truth? No, I expect people so to So you lie. expect them to lie? That, that's the, if we really want to talk about it, if the, if the steady pattern has been that people lie then that is a good definition. When you, nah, ho, ho, ho. Are you being general when you say people or this particular person? Like, are you saying this person you talking to has a preconceived thing with you? Or you're saying that most people lie? Or you assuming that he's lying off rip until he proves he's telling the truth? Him, are you expecting him to lie? 
This is why I have no problem going along with the natural progress of time. I am going to watch. I'm not rushing into anything. You rush and that's how you miss the potholes and fall in. I'm not asking you questions to give you the platform for which you to lie on. I'm just going to watch you. I will talk to you about things and let it unravel itself. All right, hold on. Long I just want to be clear before. I just want to be clear, and then I'm a, I'm gonna mute my mic. But I just need to be clear about something. Okay. You approach life with no expectations, because an expectation is a you said a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. You don't have that when it comes to people. When you meet people, you have no belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. You're just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, interesting. And I will be very honest, okay? I will be very honest. It's also the reason how I ended up in really dangerous situations at times because like I said, I allow people to show me who they are. I have faith in myself that I'm going to be able to handle situations um, because I can, you can almost never expect, like you'll be like, oh, that's the last thing we would have expected from that person. Oh, they were so quiet. I would have never expected them to go shoot up their school. Do you see why expectations are false? It leads to a false sense of security. So no, I don't have expectations for people to hurt or you know help. I just allow me to observe and see and i develop my discernment i know i now understand what's safe in a person because i listen to myself i have like a, a certain level of intuition because i take time to feel myself feel how things felt in such a certain situation if i'm telling somebody something and their response or the reaction is a certain way that mirrors what somebody else has done in the past I can be a little cautious. It's like it's like being like a cat. I'm gonna be cautious. I don't think the car is gonna hurt me, but the car is moving, so it might. So let me just watch it for a moment. It may be parked. Like this is the problem with we have with humans. It's like we want microwave everything right here and right now. No, I don't want to take the time to actually see if you are mad about your word. I want you to just tell me so I can just run with it. Hello, that's how you gonna get caught in the trap. Alright, so let me say there was a time frame of getting to know a person and say, oh yeah, that is a person of honor. How did they know that that was a person of honor? Because their actions consistently showed before somebody said, you know what? I like that he's a man of honor. I'm going to, you know, hold him to that. I right, so have to see it. Let me, let me, let me, let me just, let me just do a little play devil's advocate. Now, I'm a, I, I see something wrong with that type of thinking to assume the worst or to assume the worst until the best is proven or until until the opposite is proven. So imagine if men, if men did that exact same thing. Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if you if no, 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 I'm saying I'm saying with this particular thing that a man's looking at a woman as though, OK, she's a liar. She's a cheater. She's a manipulator. She's a deceiver. He's look. This is how he's preconceived thought. These are the preconceived thoughts that he has of this woman until she she knocks them down and be like, okay, well, 
she was trustworthy. I gave her, I gave her the money and she brought me back my change. Okay. Uh, yeah, she didn't manipulate me or whatever until he, he can knock them off the list. I think it's problematic because what what's happening is you're setting a, an environment that's conducive for destruction before anything can get built on it. So before I can even, even attempt to, uh, to show you anything, I already got four strikes against me. I got to prove these strikes that these strikes are not true. And, um, and then, okay, I'm in your good graces and then we can proceed. But the problem with that is, is that everybody ain't got the time for that, especially for men, especially for men who are there. I want to use the, the analogy of a hunter or, you know, the, 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 uh, the predator and the prey. So when you see a lion or a cheetah or anything, they trying to run and catch a gazelle or, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Whatever they trying to eat, they're going to go for the slowest one. They're not going to, it's not like a race or a challenge. Like I'm going to try to get you, but if I can't get you, I'm going to take something that I can get. I'm going to take something that's nearby or, you know, I can't catch you, but I can catch this one right here. You know, and it leads to that type of environment, whereas, okay, uh, I ain't got time to wait for all this and I ain't going to go through all this. So I just got to, you know, move on to the next. And men are like that in, 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 in situations. If you make a man like if you're interested in a man and you're playing the hard to get role, that's cool and dandy because men do like to pursue. We like to pursue. That's good. But if you make it too difficult for him where he sees no uh he sees no uh in the immediate future that he can he can have you or or be with you or whatever the case may be and then there's other uh suitable people around then he's going to choose from that and that's what's going to happen now for for a person they can say okay I'm cool with that you know what I'm saying I'm looking for that right one but Overall, if everybody adopted that type of mindset, I think we'll be in a worse position as a community. And the thing I'm trying to really focus on is what's going to make us better communicate with each other as a community. How can we come together as a community? You know, so like if I see a sister in the street and I'm like, okay, she's a beautiful sister. This is the first thing that I'm going to look at. It's not like I'm trying to sexualize her. This is just the nature of men. Men are not going to approach you, you know what I'm saying, just off the means of, oh, I just want to know how smart you are. You know, it's got to be some form of physical attraction that's there that's going to even make him, you know, even consider you. Women are very different, very different. Women can look at a man and he can be intelligent. He can be funny. He can be anything. And she can find an attraction and she can find some some sort of of connection with him through that. Men, the first sight is is what's going to intrigue him. When he sees you, he's intrigued. So then he's going to approach you. And then the the position you take from that point is going to determine where it goes. So you see sisters who who are what we call, in quotation marks, loose. You know, let them smash on the first night or whatever the case may be. You know, or... They don't really care about, you know, like the formalities of sex. So I got to know you and all. Let's just get it in. You know, men formulate opinions. Men formulate opinions. Men put women in categories. You know, I know it sounds sexist. I know it sounds, 
you know, I'll maybe demeaning, but a man, he, 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 he mentally put women in categories. There's the woman that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to want to, to go after, to be his wife. And there's women that he's going to go after because there's a sexual desire. There's a lust there, you know, and then women will put themselves in that category. But go ahead, um, Lady Obsidian. I, I want to make sure we're lining up these parallels to actually look at everything very objectively. You said hunter and prey analysis, you know, uh, analogy. Mm-hmm. Men are, are hunters. Women are the prey, right? No, they're not the prey. A, a form of <laughs> you, they they going to cancel me. So my women are playing poetic black setting. We got the videotape. <laughs> you ain't going to get me canceled. No, women are not uh, no. prey. I, we're not, I'm not inciting the men to go prey on the women. No, I'm not doing it. Nah, go ahead. <laughs> but, but, but with the animal, and Lord, my tongue, the analogy being what it is, a man looks at a woman mm-hmm. and first it's the physical. Right. Mm-hmm. Physically first. Norm. Mm-hmm. So then the expectation that women are then allowed to have of men is that they are looking at their bodies first. Indeed. And they're pursuing them for their bodies. Okay, so that's not for their bodies. Not for their bodies. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said men are looking at what's going to get them to come towards you is your body. That's right. Right? That's right. So then the expectation that we can then have for men is that they're pursuing our bodies mm-hmm. who then put us on the defense because who really wants to feel like that? I want to feel like a piece of meat. How do you feel like feel a, like, I want to know how do that make women feel like a piece of meat? I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really want to know. I don't, I'm not being funny. I want to know. Say that again. Say, say it again. <laughs> say it again. I can't. I got. Can I speak? Yeah, I got you, bro. Hold on. I want. I want her. I want her to say this statement. I want to. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying. It, it, it may. His, his statement may help. So go ahead. <laughs> See, she's she's smart, man. I was trying to get the statement on the record, man. But go ahead, man. <laughs> I don't know how to like a woman for anything else upon optics. Like if I see a woman mm. somewhere, am I supposed to say, I think she's intelligent. <laughs> she looks very deep and I'm dying to have a conversation with her. Is that what's supposed to happen? Because let's look at it like animals in the wild, right? When a lion wants to mate with a lioness, he's looking at her to see if this is a lioness he wants to mate with. Same with gorillas, same with elephants. But men, I think we're supposed to, I don't know, I should I walk up to a woman and say, hey, could you uh, give me a short dispensation about what it is about life you enjoy? And then based on your answer, I'll let you know if I want your phone number. I don't know how this works to you. And I'm curious as to know how you would like it to work. First of all, males in the wild fight each other for breeding rights. So unless you're going off and you just fighting men and say that you want to lay your claim to me, that, that that's just not going to work. I feel um, like that's so how things should be. <laughs> that, but but that's how things are essentially. But it's just in a different way. It's just in a different way. Like men fight over the the the, the rights of certain women. Like if you see a woman in the streets, we know how the hood go, and this dude is talking to her. I could be talking to her, and I can be going at her. Oh, forget that dude. He ain't nobody. 
But nah, I got you. Don't worry about that. It happens in the street. Many dudes in the graveyard because they was fighting for either the honor of a woman or, you know, to pursue or to have that woman. So it's, it's, it's a lot of violence that get, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like the animal kingdom when you really look at it, but it's more in a, what we call a civilized way. You know, we can, we can talk and communicate, but it's, it's essentially the same thing. But go ahead, though. I like how you said that, though. It could be more civilized if we weren't, like, just giving our an- analogies of being like animals and stop thinking with the animalistic brain and really approach a person as a person. Why would it be so hard to say, okay, she's attractive, let me then get to know her further, which is, you know, the, the case. But when you guys always talk about the expectation is a body, like, and this is why I'm saying these words, the words have power. They really do connect with something deep on the inside of us when we're using them. I expect her to be pretty. Okay. If I'm going to date her, I expect her to be pretty. So I'm going to go after the pretty ones. And then the pretty ones may not have the brains that you want, but your expectation was that she needed to be pretty. You didn't say that she needed to be smart. But if you have an expectation or you have a standard here, let me let me be mindful of how I, I'm looking at this. If you have a standard that you want a woman to be, you know, attractive to you, intelligent, then okay, the attraction may catch your eye and then you proceed to talk to her. She doesn't feel like you are only coming at her or her body when you come at her with more than the mindset of, oh. She's hot. Let me go check her out. Because then y'all spin the same horrible narrative that women, you know, they're airheads. They're only about their body, getting their nails done. They want the money to do this. They want the money to fuel what it is that you guys put out as the expectation. Of ah. what like like. All right. So I'm glad you said that because it's going to segue into the next segment. I, I'm glad you, I'm, I, I, I'm glad you said that. Now, when it comes to when it comes to men. Right. This is just the reality. You know, this is who we are. This is who we are. The first thing that's going to get a man's attention is going to be something on a woman's body, whether it's either her face, it could be her skin tone, it could be her, her, you know what I'm saying, her breasts, her behind or whatever. It could be anything, but it's going to be something physical that's going to pique his interest. This is not an expectation. This is just a reality. He's going to choose the women that he likes. He's not going to choose the women that he don't like. The women that he's not attracted to, he's not going to be going to them, buying them stuff. He's not going to go to them like, yo, can I take you out to dinner? Can I can I spend all my money on you? Can I, you know what I'm saying? Can I do this for you? He's doing these things, you know, because he's showing you I, I'm interested in you. Forget everybody else. You dig what I'm saying? So when you really look at it, you know, us as men, this is how we operate. Now, it may vary from depending on what's, what what that man is exposed to, his upbringing, his, you know, his class or whatever the case may be. He may do it in a different manner, but it's still the same thing. If a man got a billion dollars, he's a billionaire and he wants to pursue a woman. The reason why he wants to pursue her is something physical that that's attracting him to her. And then he's going to notice those other things. Like he look up, oh, wow, she's beautiful. And then he realized, oh, yo, she's into cooking. Oh, snap, she's a poet. Oh, snap, she's this and she's that. And then he finds these different things that that they have in, 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 in common. But it's always going to be, you know, dependent on that glance, the look, the attraction, you know. And that's always going to be physical. So when we look at women, huh? 
Of course, but but women, but women, unlike men, unlike men, women find different things to like men for. With men, it it could be it's unfortunate. We're very shallow when it comes to that. Men, a man is not going to. What he was saying was no. What he was saying was everything else that he likes about a woman's gonna come after she notices that she likes he likes how she looks. Exactly. See women scoop up ugly dudes all the time on purpose. If a man yeah. ends up with an ugly woman, it was by accident. Mm. I mean, my brother got a point. He do got a point. Like when you really look at it, like I, I seen this comedy special. I don't know if you if you guys know this comedian named Patrice O'Neill. God rest rest his soul. He he was a very funny brother, man. But he used to say a lot of um stand up, and his stand up was a lot on relationships and things of that nature. But he said, he said he was 18 years old. He said, I was like 18 years old when I realized that women like us for different shit. He said it never even occurred to him. He said, because he know what he want women for. I'm looking at her body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If her body ain't right, I'm not even paying attention to her. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, yo, I realized that, yo, I can be a funny dude and she like me because I make her laugh for real. He was like, yo, I was blown away. But it's real though. It's 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 in comedy, but it's very real. That but can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, bro. This the thing, and what you're saying is so real because I see it all the time, right? Because I have a lot of female friends, and it'll be like their homegirl will be like, "Oh my God, Tommy's not cute." Like, yo, but he's funny, or oh, but he's such a nice guy. Oh, but he's a sweetheart. Oh, but that don't that conversation don't take place with men. If a man be like, "Yo, man, what you doing with Shorty? She ugly." It's like, I know, B. Don't worry, I'm gonna. <laughs> but 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 keep it real, Obsidian. Keep it real. Is that true? I understand that it's true because it's been the normal practice. But I mean, you want to talk about men, you know, looking after women in the wild. In reality, the man had to make himself presentable. Like you had the, the peacocks, the, the birds, they had to have the, the shiny feathers. They had to do the dancing. The lion's got to have the mane. Literally, like the females choose the mates in the wild, too. So why the heck did we decide that we want to reverse it? And now it's, oh, you guys have to do this and be like this. And yeah, we know that you can like us for other things, but we're only going to like you for one thing. What the hell? But but that's the way I I know it sounds shallow and it is in some ways, but it's the reality. You'll find men like not saying that men can't be into a woman for her mind, but in order for him to get to her mind, in order for him to get to that, he got she got to attract him in some form or way physically. You know, like I don't know no dudes. I don't know no that's dudes. True because I know ugly women who got handsome men as well, or like the average Jane. What was it? They have money though. They said they got money. My favorite comic book reference, right? <laughs> Instead of Superman treating Wonder Woman, he chose Lois Lane. But he was he he was he was really with um, Wonder Woman though, because. Because Lois Lane, she couldn't handle Superman. So it was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, that, it could never work. <laughs> nah, because to Wonder Woman, Superman was regular. You got to understand the psychosis. To Wonder Woman, Superman's just a regular dude. And that so was get, get mad at us if we look at y'all as our equals and on the same level playing field, but you want to I didn't say equal, but let me. I'm asking. I'm asking. No, 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 no. That's not the case. Because it's not about being equal. It's just different roles. It's just being there. We're both equal. We both we we both have equal opportunities to pursue who we want in life. 
both parties, male and female. Like, I have the prerogative to choose who I like, wh- wh- what attracts me, you know what I'm saying? What's the things that I like in a woman, you know? And women have that same God-given right, you know? 24 hours in a day. We both got 24 hours in a day. What we do with those 24 hours may may vary. It may differ, you, circle, you know? I want to circle back around to something Obsidian said, said real quick. When you was talking about uh, how in the wild and even back in the in the days, women used to choose their mate. Right. Women chose men. Men didn't choose women. But you know what happened to that. Right. Because I know what happened to that. Women do not deal well with rejection. Mm. Now, you might disagree with that. But men from we're in junior high school. We start having to learn to deal with rejection. Facts. Every woman that we approach is not going to concede more times than not when a man is pursuing women he gets more no's than yeses facts and women get more yeses than no's women get more yeses than no's i've seen the results i have been i have i have seen the results of women not getting what they want when they pursued men and they don't go down the same all right it's it's different it's very different that's facts. You know, That's statistically you know true and accurate. <laughs> I wanna, what I want to say is, like, you talk about being born in a world that rejects you. You're not enough because you're not a man. You can't do this because you're not a man. We are born into a world of rejection. So, yeah, maybe we toughen up a little earlier and we then, you know, develop a different kind of skin. Maybe people can't handle rejection, you know, well. But um, that's women are not. A, women don't expect to be rejected. And it, it, it's never said out loud. It's never said out loud. This is not said out loud, but it's it's it, it's an expectation. Like women, I believe that women they expect they expect to to have things done for them. Rightfully so. This is the this is the norms that we live with. A woman from the time she's born, she's under the care of either her father, either her uncle, grandfather, is some man that's there until she get married. And once she gets married, her, the father, what? He gives her away. It's symbolic. He gives her away. He gives her away to who? Another man that's going to be entrusted to do the same thing her father was doing. So she's expected in this life, This the, the social norms have made women, even whether they say it or not, have made women to say that, listen, I expect to be taken care of. If somebody is assaulting me, I expect the men around me to form up and say, yo, you're not going to do that to that sister. And rightfully so. She should expect that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the expectations are are wrong to have expectations. I think you should have reasonable expectations of a person that you're going to entrust and be intimate with. You should have a reasonable expectation of that individual, you know, but I think when the expectations become superficial and it becomes all about, oh, your money. Well, my money determines my manhood. My money determines my manhood for real. You know what I'm saying? So when it becomes about that and you try to connect, not you, you, but I'm just saying when people try to connect the manhood with monetary or money, then Things get, you know, that's what it it provokes. It kind of provokes the treatment of like, oh, okay, well, I bought and I paid for you. I do this for you. I do that for you. You're going to do what I tell you to do. That's what individuals get ideas like that. 
because of the because of the way and things are done. You know, like if you look at the Islamic faith and marriage in the Islamic faith, marriage in Islam is not based on love. Love is not a prerequisite of marriage in Islam. It's not. The prophet said you can marry a woman for four things. He knew you want to know what those things are. <laughs> you can marry her for her beauty, <laughs> for her money, for her social status, or for her deen, her religion, her love for God. He said you can marry her for these four things. The best thing to marry her for is her, is her religion, her deen, her way of life. That's the best thing to marry her for. But you can marry her for four things. But love was not one of them. Love was not one of them. So when the marriage is based on uh, like a business contract or oh, it's a business contract, you know, I'm going to pay you a dowry. You know what I'm saying? You're going to accept the dowry. Now you become my property. And that's how it gets interpreted. This I, is what, you know, this is what marriage was invented for. It was for businesses. This is why marriages was even arranged because you had two families who was concerned about the future of both families. So this is I'm looking for the best prospect for us to continue successfully. It's not about love. It's about who can you be successful with in this life. Then it got switched into something else. And that, that love word, it bothers me because, again, it gets all kind of hazy. This is why I think those other things like respect and 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 admiration are more important than that word because that word many people have had uh wayward acts tonight many wayward acts under the under the name of love all right so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring some people up to the stage i'm gonna read some of these comments first though uh elizabeth has some interesting comments uh let me find that one she says standards are factual they're the baseline of quality that drives effective actions and good decision-making. Expectations are eternal and can lead to disappointment when they're incongruent with other, with other than what they deliver. Uh, I, I would kind of agree with that. I don't see nothing wrong with that. I don't see nothing wrong with what you said. And I think that was along the lines what um, Lady Obsidian Rain was saying about the standards. Uh, I think we all have these standards. I think the standards themselves are defined differently between men and women. The things that women find important, men don't find important. And the things that the men find important, women, you know, they don't find important. You know, so, I mean, when you really look at it, we all should have standards. We should all have standards. We should all expect to be respected. In a relationship, if you decide to to commune with somebody on that level and be intimate with someone, you should expect to be respected. You should be re you should expect for this person to treat you with some form of courtesy or whatever the case may be, you know, to be treated with dignity. You know, you should expect these things. It's not nothing. You know, I'm saying foreign, but I don't think I think that women, you know, I know it sounds demeaning, but it, it really isn't. And it's, it's not meant that way, but there's no other thing. Like Payne said, there's no other thing that men are going to look at to see if they want to pursue you. It's your beauty. And it may sound, oh, in this day and age, oh, this is, this is, oh, this is misogynist. 
and uh, oh, you, you men are just pigs. You're just looking at our bodies. And oh, no, nah, it ain't that. But that's not true because there's a place for unattractive women that are nice people, sweet, good sense of humor. You like them. Men call them friends. <laughs> oh, man. You gonna get yo? You gonna get obsidian to come through the <laughs> to come through the airwaves and with her Gensu. <laughs> oh man! And like I don't, I don't know if y'all like realize all the information that was put out there just further helps me understand like women being raised as a commodity for so long and that being internally passed down through biases, through treatment, through you know, philosophy, theology, however you want to, you know, understand it. Um, it seemed like there was a whole bunch of expectations that were placed, but who got to place those expectations? Who got to set the mold and say, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. And so now it's like, okay, years, years after all of that, we are following the supposed head of household and watching their behavior for all these millennia and adopting it for ourselves. And now it's problematic. You, it's, it's easier for us to, you know, then say, Hey, I'm going to like a person for how they treat me because that gentleman there who is, has all the good looks don't know how to keep it in his pants. That gentleman who has all the good looks gets, you know, lusted after and it's swollen his head and he is going to feed into in, into that lust so maybe we learned as a defense mechanism we can't go off of looks because that comes with trouble but we're still being looked at and not listened to and then when we're talking we're seeing more as a nuisance what what was the charlie brown you know teacher like all you can like when women are talking that's usually the sound that's put in the background like you, you know why i'm gonna tell you why though <laughs> that's we're true but y'all talk about y'all deal, y'all deal with you know worse rejections maybe we're tired of being rejected so now we're gonna be a little bit volatile about it like it's but when but when were y'all rejected though that's what I'm trying to figure birth. out. For girls being born, oh my gosh. I think women are sheltered. Carry on the family land. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Lay Obsidian. I'm going to ask you a sincere question. I want a sincere answer. Would you trade places? With a man? Yeah. I'm told I'm masculine for a reason. No, I'm saying like right now, if God came down right now and said, yo, look, you, yo, oh, you, you, do you, do yeah, do you yeah. want, no, not 24 hours, yeah. not 24 hours. You live oh, the, how, yeah, for yes. however long you live now, yes. for however long you live now, yes. all right, you would take that yes. deal. So you're saying yes. that you will be a man instead of a woman. If God told you right now, yes. like, yo, look, right now you can be a man. Now it may, yeah, it makes it. It makes perfect sense, right? Because we have been watching. You look at it. Okay, take it. These two girls. Okay, they're mm-hmm. both girls. This one gets treated as the golden child. Everything they want, they can get. They do wrong. It, it's it's bypass. It's whatever. And that younger child is watching that, and they're like, they try to do the same thing. Nope. Oh nope. N- nope. At what point does that young girl not want to be the older girl? So here we are watching our male counterparts, you know, get away with all kinds of stuff because, look, we could really go down this rabbit hole 
and which men take access to women's bodies and, and what the actual law is on, you know, how they're prosecuted and their sentencing stuff and all that. But women don't ever recover from that, even though they can get out within a few years. So they can seem to get away with murder. They get away with violating. They can do whatever, do no wrong. Why would we not want to try that out for ourselves? Mm. Mm. It's interesting because the reason why I ask is this, you know, you ever heard that expression is not always green on the other side. You know, pain says something that was, it was profound, you know, and thinking and thinking about it, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty true. The amount of rejection that we get immune to, we get immune to it. We get conditioned for it. There's not one woman on this platform, pretty much virtually all women, you know, at any given time, they can say, okay, if, if they wanted to pursue a man sexually, not any man, but a man, I'm going to be realistic, not any man, but a man, they can, they can, what you call, they can, they can achieve that. You know what I'm saying? They can achieve that because it shows you how, like I use the word shallow and it's, it's something that's to a fault. You know what I'm saying? Men, men do not look at, well, the men I know, they don't look at women as like, oh, this is going to be a come up. Like, yo, I'm, yo, yo, she got, she got all this bread. Yo, oh man, I'm going to come up. Now, dude, you got men like that, that exists. Of course you do. But on average, a man is not concerned with a woman's pockets, which is really strange because women say, oh, I'm dating down. You, I make more money. I'm dating down. That sounds crazy because men do not pursue women for their money. She can have money. She can have cars. Not impressed. Not impressed. It's her physical beauty nine times out of ten that's going to make a man want to pursue a woman. It's not about that bread because you'll see a man with a, a bad broke chick. Bad. She's bad, but she's dead broke. Ain't got nothing. But he can say at the end of the day, she bad, though. You know what I'm saying? When the fellas come around, yo, yo, she ain't got two nickels to rub together. She bad, though. You know what I'm saying? She's pretty, though. And no man is going to say, no, nah, but she ain't got no money. <laughs> Dude's going to look at him like, so what? It don't matter. You watch Boomerang? I watched that movie. I know that movie so, in and yeah. out. <laughs> right. So you you remember that, you know, he was actually pursuing the, the like, that's who he chose. He chose the, the corporate lady. He, he chose the woman who had, you know, the bag and the look and. The pretty feet. I mean, he, he, he the yeah. pretty feet. <laughs> that was his thing. That was the thing. But that was what we were seeing, right? That's who he went out there. And yeah, sure. You know, he, he switched at the end, but we all see that women, when we're younger, we all see that. We all see that. Mm -hmm, he because wants the, he wants, he wants the Nicki Minaj, but he didn't want make Nicki Minaj when she was in the actual, you know, stripper, you know, whatever those things are called. <laughs> I don't know nothing about those strip clubs, whatever. Mm -hmm. He didn't want Nikki when she was in the strip club, but he wanted her after she had the bag and the fame. So, yeah. But in that movie, in that movie, he wasn't pursuing her for the bag. Like, he was a gigolo. He was a, he was a successful black man. He had bread. He was, you know what I'm saying? He had what he wanted, but he would only pursue pretty women. 
He didn't. He, he wasn't pursuing. He had to, you know, because the other one was, you know, she was very pretty. She was. But she she that was Halle Berry. She was pretty, right. but but she was. But the thing about it, she was a she was a, a a plain Jane. She wasn't in that corporate world. She wasn't making the big 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 bucks. At least at that wait, time. Wait, you, you at least at that time. That they did, that men don't care about the bag, but you just said it. But she he still didn't have the corporate. But he didn't pursue no her for that. That movie didn't depict him pursuing any woman that he pursued in that movie. It wasn't because of her money. It was always something physical. He had a toe fetish, and you see something that was something that is crazy as a toe fetish. He when he looked at her feet, he's ah oh, yes, she got beautiful feet. The other girl, she that was, was pretty. His mom she, him. He didn't have a toe fetish. He, <laughs> he had a toe fetish. His mom takes care. He said he would know that a woman could take care of him but by the way she took care of her own feet. But still, it was a toe fetish. They can they can color it. They can color it any way they want to <laughs> color it. But it was a toe fetish. People that sent to toes that would date women for their toes, they got good toes. They call that a toe fetish. He had a toe fetish and it was physical. It was something physical. Because the other chick that he, when he was looking at, when he, after he finished beating it, he looked at her feet and she had hammer time. And he's like, damn, she was bad too. But he had that pet peeve about feet. You know what I'm saying? She met the requirements for him to sleep with her. He slept with her, but he didn't want to pursue a relationship with her because she had jacked up feet. So men are shallow like that. Men, they got, it got to be a physical attraction. So if he's approaching you, one, you can assume you, that he thinks you're pretty. If you see that he's he he's approaching you, it's something physically beautiful about you. He's approaching you. You dig what I'm saying? You ain't going to find a man saying, oh, just because she got money, unless he a lame dude, he's a, a shyster, that he's just scheming on a chick. Yeah, I'm going to get up to everything. You know what I'm saying? You got dudes out there like that. But on those average, yeah, those are bum ass niggas. That's not, that's not the average Dude, that's not the the straight up stand up man that women say they're looking for. The stand up man, even though I wouldn't call him a dog and all that, because that's in his is his his nature that he has to be aroused physically, you know, at the sight of her, as opposed to like yo, she she can she know what ten times ten is, yo, 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 she know, yo, she know the whole this and that. Like it don't work like that like that for men. And and I think when you take men and make them operating that in that capacity you're gonna corrupt it <laughs> you're gonna co it's like this is not real this is not what we want to do you know what i'm saying it's not how we this is not how we operate and i think we can find some form of common ground within the parameters of reasonability you know and we can get along with, with, with one another if we clear some of these expectations out like she don't have to have a fat ass you know what I'm saying? That's one of the expectations for a man. I'm going to put it out there. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of sisters that got butt complexes, they feel that, oh, I ain't got no butt and, and he ain't going to like me. No, you don't got to get a BBL. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to get a BBL. You don't. You know? So she don't have to have a big a big butt for a man to want to pursue her. She don't got to have that. So we, for we all, that man to want to pursue For her. that man. Let's say for that man. But she don't have to have it. So I, I just threw one out. You can throw one out, Lady Obsidian. You throw one out, which what he don't have to have. Like I said, y'all really can't. <laughs> Cricket. Is, my words on this. I am a whole anomaly. Uh, 
I've dated men who have not had their own car. I've dated men who still live in their parents' basement trying to, you know, finish school and get elevated. I've dated single fathers. Like, I do not judge people mm-hmm. or have these preconceived expectations. I will give you a chance to show me who you are. Have you ever had those type of expectations? Because well, growth is one thing, you know what I'm saying? But I'm saying, have you ever been that way? To say like, nope. I've never, you know what I'm saying, never been a superficial nope. type of female. Nope. Mm. Like when, <laughs> when I talk about like growing up with perhaps, you know, the, the Disney eyes on, um, I never saw color. I never saw, you know, materialisticness. Like that just wasn't me. That's not how I ever was as a kid. And it's not who but I am. But that's today. not that uncommon. I just want to say that. I know a lot of it's sisters. Not. That their boyfriend is home all day playing PlayStation while they at work. Facts. And they love him playing that PlayStation. They even buy him They bought him the PlayStation. They don't want to bought it for him. So <laughs> I, that's normal. I know that women, you know, if they love a dude, they love him. He don't, he don't need a job. He don't need all of that. I get that. That part I get. But I'm just saying the whole issue I'm having is that nature even knows that people are attracted to each other based on looks. I think the book is called The Psychology of Sex and they tell you that women are attracted to square things. Men are attracted to round things. That's why women have round parts. Men have square parts. I don't get it, Obsidian. You're confusing me. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I mean, if I had to, if, and, and like I said, I don't use the word expectations because it's not me expecting anything of anybody. Like, you know, the nature of a snake and it's poisonous is going to bite you. You're going to die. Mm. I can expect it to carry out its nature. So in regards to expectations, I expect people to be people for good and for bad. Somebody is going to let me down. Somebody is going to disappoint me. Somebody is going to, you know, do something and, and my feelings are going to be hurt. But I have these very high center of personal accountability that I'm not holding anybody to my standards. I just have my standards and I adjust myself appropriately. If I see that you have all the things that I'm looking for, for myself, Mm. and we just so happen to take that journey together and I mutually hit the boxes for you, then it will naturally grow. And I am fine with that, but I cannot change, you know, my level of attraction for somebody that may not just tick the other boxes or I don't tick their boxes and I'm not going to throw cane. I'm not going to, Oh my gosh, the world hates me. I'm ugly. Nah, somebody finds me attractive and I'll wait for them. Like mm. I, I have been that girl who's been passed over. They, they choose the, the lighter counterparts. They want the girls with the bigger butts. Um, they want the girls with the flatter stomachs. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. So, Mm. Why am I going to beat myself up for somebody else who ain't paying me two seconds or something of a song? But that's, I think that's a level though. That's a level that you, that's a level of attainment. I mean, you, I think you reach that level at a, at a certain point in time. I mean, there, there gotta be a time, you know, we all got that time when we was at our peak, you know what I'm saying? We was in our peak shape. We was in, you know what I'm saying? Like I remember I used to box, you know what I'm saying? When I was 22, you know what I'm saying? I'm 6'2", you know, I'm sharp, fast, I'm 220, 6'2", and I'm, I'm right. You know what I'm saying? I'm boxing. I was at the peak. 
the peak, my peak uh, uh, weight, my peak, you know, ability and everything. It was it was a time when I was feeling myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it fades. And at some point in time during this peak time that we have, you know, we hope to find a counterpart that we can, you know, go the rest of or the, or the remain of our lives together, that we can find a companion that we can just go with like, all right, look, I'm feeling you feeling me. Let's grow old together. That's the idea. You know what I'm saying? But I think especially for the black community, I'm specifically talking about the black community. It's like it's war waged. I want to address, I want to address um, Hertz's comment. Uh, the concept of ticking, ticking boxes is a result of expectations. And, um, Maybe you weren't here when I gave the definitions earlier. For me, standard is considered a level of quality or attainment. Like, this is what I prefer. This is what I'm holding. Expectation only comes after they've, like, proven that they already reached that level. And it's like, I can then expect them to continue on that way. So that's why I said I don't have expectations. I have standards. And, and I think men have standards as well, but I think it's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, we both have standards and expectations. They can both be one and the same. I don't think they cancel each other out. You know, I think that a person, I think they can have standards, but at the same time having standards, they still have expectations of what that, that person would be. After if it's proven itself to be stable. That's what I'm saying. Like after it's proved, after it's already shown itself, then you can expect it going forward. But you really can't have expectations unless you have a standard. So when you're asking people what do they expect, it and this is why it's like like words carry feeling. When you say the word expectation, it immediately will put somebody on the defense. It makes them feel that oh, they must have such this that I may not be able to achieve. So they immediately get defensive about it. If you just say, you know, this is what I like and leave it up to the person, whether they want to get to know it themselves, like that's allowing space to grow. But when you say, oh, no, you have to have this, you have to do that, you have to do that, you're like literally laying out what you consider their worth to be. And I find that damaging. So that's it's very damaging. When you come up to say, oh, you know, I, you need to you need to do this. You don't need to do anything. Be who you are. And it will show if I'm right for you if you're right for me end of story see it's very it's very it's very damaging to think that way but the reality is this is the way it is and it like we can't really speak about how how we want things to be right we can't really you know i'm saying like this how things should be this the way i would love it to be yeah that's true because your your point of view if we all thought that way you know me i think the world would be a greater place you know, but the reality of the matter is that what we're plagued with is these expectations, you know, oh, you got to be making it. You got to be a six figure dude. Oh, you got to have a fat ass and you got to have a bad face. You got to be light skinned or you got to have your head down to your. You know what I'm saying? These false expectations that's ruined the potential of us flourishing as a people, you know. Like when you say when when a man is saying and this go for men and women I'm not I'm not just banging on the sisters I'm talking about the brothers as well when we look at when we look at these sisters and you know all we go crazy oh she got a fatty or she got a fatty we know what we're talking about but it's obvious that the sisters are are viewing something and they're interpreting something totally different 
they're thinking that they got to go kill themselves to go attain somebody. You know, she got to have all this shit perfect and all that. Like, come on. It don't matter. It don't matter. Or, and, and, and quite frankly, to be honest, like when you see a lot of a lot of these these jobs, these BBLs and all that, and you be like, yo, damn, you went and did that for that? Like, you really thought that looked good? Like, and, it, and it's crazy. And you see our sisters are suffering because they're trying to reach this type of model of what a real woman is or what a baddie is, you know? Women have come from men, man. I'm not claiming that that whole BBL thing. That's women wanting to do stuff they want to do. I'm not I'm not taking credit for that. I mean, you I'm saying, though, when you really look at it, you know, if if a woman is going to think that this is what she has to look like in order to get the attention of certain men, I disagree. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you why. Now, I know. I'm you why, bro. I, hold on. I know. But let me finish this statement, though. I know. Right. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know how men think. Men is going to beat regardless. Regardless. You know what I'm saying? You don't got a fatty or whatever the case may be. He digging you. He's still going. You know what I'm saying? That ain't going to stop nothing. You know, but the thing about it is with the women, it's a different thing because they want to be desired. And rightfully so. A woman wants to be the apple of her man's eye. So if she I feels. I understand what you're saying, bro. But what I'm saying is. No one told them that doing that to their body was going to aid them in being desired. Facts. They, that came from them. Facts. Facts. It was a bad idea. It was a bad a idea. There's a plethora. Of- it was a bad idea. You could keep it real, Obsidian. It was a bad idea. <laughs> made by a man. The beauty yeah, I talk about that. Of, I no, talk about no, that we because don't talk Victoria's about it because Secret. binding women's feet was done by men because they wanted women to have dainty no, feet. The corsets no, were created the, by men because they wanted to have Victoria's smaller Secret. waist. What? It said Victoria's Secret was what? Victoria, like I, I thought Victoria had a secret. Victoria's Secret, like she has a secret, and I heard, I heard, I, I, I heard that the secret was that Victoria was a man. I heard that for real. No bullshit. And the, the name of the joint is Victoria's. It's the apostrophe S showing possession. Victoria's secret. Created by the men to women. This is what they want. It, it was, it was catered. And like, when you say, um, nobody told them that if they did this, they would get the guy. That's exactly what that is. Victoria's secret is exactly that. If you take, if you use Victoria's secret, you can get the guy. That was, that was, that was, that was marketing that like, that's cosmopolitan and all those magazines bullshitting women saying they know what men want and they didn't, they didn't have no idea of that. If you wore those, um, those dresses where the big bustiers come out the back, that was, that was created. And to to emulate the hot and tight. Right. So you have to wear this. If you want to get the guy, you have to be shaped like this. If you want to get the guy, absolutely. It was propaganda to us that we had to alter ourselves to get the guys. Not to you, not to the black woman. That wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't marketed to black women. The, the, no, the, you have to straighten your hair to be acceptable. No, the straighten of the hair, that came from the white man. Because technically I speaking. I that, but I'm saying it's all society. Like, it's all pushed out there. And we take, we can't control what, it, you know, what is put out there and who gets to take what. But I'm just saying, this is what's been out there. And we've been seeing it. And we've been taking it in. Um, Guys are going after the girls with, you know, the, the straight hair. And, you know, 
want to look like Becky. So we start getting the extensions because clearly, like, I, and for as somebody who grew up with an uncle who said he doesn't date black women because he doesn't want his children coming out with kinky hair, um, yeah, <laughs> we were told we had to be we had to be altered a little bit if we really wanted to scare the men. Mm. And I'm gonna read some of these comments because we got we got people. I, I wanted to bring a couple of people up because I wanted some people to spit, but. I wanted to read some of these comments. I want to remind everybody this is a live recorded podcast. So if you if you do get um selected to get pulled up on the stage, be mindful that this is recorded. It's not being recorded on on um Clubhouse, but it is being recorded um externally and it's going to be placed on the on the podcast. So just be mindful, you know, of the language and you know, just be mindful of who you are and what you represent because you don't want to get false perceptions out there of who you are, you know, because of something you said. So I just want you guys to be aware if, if you do decide to get on the stage or you're selected to come up on the stage to, um, to be mindful of that. All right. So let's get, let's get some of these, uh, some of these, uh, comments. Janine, she had a couple of comments and I, I know she wanted to um say something, write your comment in the, um, in the chat, Janine, and I'll read your comment. We'll address that. But when when you when we talking about this, uh, let me let me let me read Falzan's statement real quick. He says, "My choice of a kind of woman sets an expectation that she will be kind to me and our kids. If she isn't, I will be surprised." So really, we all have expectations. They just vary in degree, I suppose. Either that. Or we are confusing expectations with conditions. That's that's that that's deep, you know. Because conditions, you know, conditions, you know. That's you know, you know. And when you feel a person of you feel a person is putting conditions on you, like oh, you gotta do this. You, you know, what I'm saying nobody wants that. Nobody wants and that. I like how he puts it. He goes, sets the expectation. Not I have these expectations. No, this sets the expectation. There's a difference. There's this this minute difference in language that is so very important. We can that, say we, we can say tomato, tomato, potato, potato. But at the end of the day, at nah, the at the nah. end of the day, these women out here and these men out here have these expectations. And now are they falsely manufactured? Of course. Of course they're manufactured. Of course, they're put out there and it becomes self-perpetuating after after a time when they when they put something on the radio so much that you say, oh, I think I like this shit. But you really don't like it. You just heard it so much that you know the whole song. I must really like that song. One song like that, that that what's her name? Um, Keisha Cole. That song, they played that song so much. I was like, yo, I really hate this song and the song is deep the song is deep when you listen to the lyrics you like yo i could it's deep she's she's pouring out her love you know what i'm saying but god i'm like i hate this song but they would do that and they repeat something so often so repeatedly they just keep on drilling it in your head till, till eventually you adopt it as something that you thought of or you created or this is just the way it has to be but we need to change that narrative us as black men and black women, we need to change the way we look at each other. We need to change the way we view each other. You know, let's tear down some of these false expectations so we can find the common ground 
Whereas we can talk. Let's talk. Let's talk to our sisters. Let's talk to our brothers. Let's not make it about, oh, we're just it, it, how much money you got. A man don't want to feel like he's just, you know, he's just relegated in a relationship to be the ATM or the security guard. You got to go punch somebody in the face if they talk slick and you got to give money when they ask. And that's that's your only duty. And that's it. We got our sisters got to make our brothers feel that they are wanted. Because if a man feels that he's not needed, he's going to go somewhere where he is. And that's just a fact. Men, we want to be of need. We want to be protectors. It's an innate thing in us that w- w- when somebody's trying to assault our mother or our sister or our auntie or whatever the case may be, and we're the only male there, we get bucked up. Like, you ain't doing nothing. We'll get bucked up. It's something that's innate. It's innate. I oftentimes use the analogy of a horse and a rider. The individual, the, the male being the horse and the woman being the rider. And the, the rider got to be experienced because if the rider is not experienced, it can lead the horse right off the cliff. The, the, the rider got to know when to pull the reins, when to slow up, when to, when to accelerate. You know, you got to know these things. And a lot of times, you know, you have a, a woman that will attach herself to a man and she has power over this man. She has that power of suggestion. You can't physically make him do nothing he don't want to do, but you have a power of suggestion. And it's, it's amazing the what, a, what the touch of a woman can do, what the touch of a woman can do. I remember one time, I remember one time, yo, I was about to, yo, I was about to lose it. I was about to lose it. It was about to be bloody. It was about to be bloody. And I got this touch on my shoulder, calm down, a woman's touch. And it just took that rage. It took that rage out of me. You know, so the woman have she has that power, you know, but they've they've convinced our sisters in this day and age to to utilize this power to cause mayhem. When you look in the hood, like like three, four summers ago in my neighborhood, dude get killed. Cause this woman, she goes and tell her her brother or somebody, oh, this dude put his hands on me. And the only thing he was doing was stopping a fight. He was breaking up a fight. He didn't hit this girl or nothing. But she went into another hood. Yo, he put his hands on me. And when them dudes came back, they didn't come asking no questions. They didn't come asking no questions what what, what was happening. They came and they just lit him up. You know? And I forget was the sister that, that was talking. She was giving a lecture, whatever the case may be. And she said it very blatantly. She said, stop running your mouths. Stop going to your, your cousin and your, your uncle, your brother that you already know he's on 10. You already know he's on 10 because you was out in the street doing something or whatever the case may be. And somebody said something slick. And now you going back telling people. And now either he's dead or the other brother's dead. Either your brother that you went to go get to go do something to somebody. He come back and find a rude awakening that, oh, this dude ain't having it. And he get laid down. Because of situations like that, taking the power that you have, that power of suggestion and, and manipulating it and causing destruction with it. We got to be aware of that. We, we definitely got to be aware of that. And for our brothers, we got to be aware. We got to be aware of what we putting these sisters through. And we got to stop setting the standard of this is what we want. Yes, of course, men are attractive. If you put any naked woman in front of a man, he's going to like it. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't it doesn't make him a dog. It doesn't make him oh he's just a he just looking her as meat. If you put a naked woman in front of a man, he's going to get a, a straight hetero man. He's going to get aroused. Does that mean that that means he's a dog and he just wants to just subjugate women to just just being possessions? No, it doesn't mean that. It's just that's just his nature. It's his nature. Understand that. You know, and understand, and, and the brothers got to stop making it be okay, like, oh, yeah, giving all this attention to essentially chicken heads, man. You know she ain't got no, you know there's no future in that. This is one, this is one um, uh, tradition in Islam that says that the, the father, that the child of, a, of the father has a right over his father before he's even born or she is born, that the child male or female, that he has the right over the father before he's born. So then the companions asked the prophet, they was like, uh, what, um, what's this right? What's the right? He said, how can he have a right when they ain't even born yet? What right does he have to, 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 to respect that he ain't even born yet? He said that he picks the right mother for him. So the decision is essentially the men. You have that decision on who you decide to plant your seed, what soil you decide to plant your seed. That decision is totally yours. And the difference between a man and a boy is that a man knows, he knows he's responsible for what he's capable of doing. But a lot of times we got a lot of our brothers out here that don't know how to be men, but they're physically, they're men. They've made that transition from boyhood. But they haven't know they, they haven't learned or they never was taught how to be, you know, mentally, mentally how to be men. And that's what you got. So now it's a cycle. So I'm looking to break this cycle. I want to break this cycle. I want to break it. You know? So what suggestions we got? What suggestions we got? What you say, Obsidian? How can we break the cycle? How can we stop this? Mm. I mean, outside of always focusing on personal character develop character development, um, and learning to be like secure and content in yourself, you'll realize like judging somebody else really starts with the way we're judging ourselves. The way the what we want from somebody else, are we capable of giving that to ourselves to be able to show up in equal measure to give it to somebody else? Because one thing I know is, you know, we may be man and woman, but we all have the same emotions. Mm. We deal with things differently, but we still have to deal with this very similar situation. So being able to acknowledge where we are and how we're showing up for, you know, our counterparts will make all the difference in standards expectations what's the status quo what's the narrative what's the stereotype we have control over all of that indeed we do i want to read one of these comments from geronimo geronimo tat said i watched niggas sell drugs for decades and get all the baddies they never made me want to go out and poison my community just to be liked great point great point Hurt said, inspired by an uncomfortable trip to a department store to buy underwear for his wife. 
Raymond set out to create a place where men would feel comfortable shopping for lingerie. He wanted to create a woman's underwear shop that was targeted at men. The shop was opened up to make men buy lingerie for their women without shame. Then Cosmo came into the chain and came in and changed everything. Cosmo was responsible for so many things in society today, and it was all well-crafted, well-executed marketing. The early Cosmo CEO spoke on this when she issued an apology to the world. It called silical exposure. Derek Thompson explains it well in his book, Hitmaker. Expose someone to someone to something for so long they will be convinced it's the truth and they like it. Women got taught to use their power to manipulate, take advantage of, and get their way as men were taught to use their money and power to hurt, control, and butilize, creating vicious cycles of pain. The first debt you owe your children is the debt of choice on who you will have them with. I actually have a, I, I actually have a probably great answer for this question, but I don't think I can type it all out. Well, you typed enough, Faust. <laughs> you typed enough. And uh, well said, my brother. Well said. And um, I think this is so true. You know, that men, that the, the statement you, you made about men and women in regards to their power. You know, men are taught to use, to use their money, you know, to use their money and power to hurt, control, and butilize. You know, he said women, they got taught to use their power to manipulate, take advantage and get their way. You dig what I'm saying? And it's true. It's true. This is these are the norms. These are the societal norms that we're raising our babies to assume these roles, you know, to take our place in, in thinking like this. It's become self-perpetuating. We tell our little daughters, we tell our daughters, oh, if he ain't got no money. If you don't, don't, don't fuck with him, he ain't got no money. He ain't got no money. It becomes the thing that you drill into these sisters. And then when they get old enough, where they become, they, they're looking, you know, for, for, for someone to be a companion. This is the things they're looking for. Forget the fact, can he be present? Can he be a father? Can he, can he stay there and endure and, you know, and, 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 and pour into you love and things of that nature. Can he do that? You know, can, can, can he, uh, does he know how to communicate? You know, get you a man that knows how to communicate that you can talk to. No, these are not the things that, you know, we're teaching our daughters to go up and, and look for in men. These are the things you look for. No, look to see if he has a good car. If he has a nice car. Do he wear nice clothes? Does he have money? And when this becomes the focal point, you know, it's going to create that cycle. Whereas the women are going to be looking for the men with the ballers or whatever the case may be. And they're going to be subjected to the behavior of the ballers. You know, when you find a man with with a lot of resources in this society these days, you find a man with options. Resources means options. It equates to the same thing. Oh, Oh, you thought you was the only one that thought I was attractive? You thought you was the only one who thought that 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 uh you I was just amazing? No, you're not the only one. And I have I have an abundance of resources. 
So I have enough for you and I have enough for her and I have enough for her and enough for her. And, you know, this is but this is the thing that these societal norms are telling our babies that you got to go look for that. That's a successful man. A six figure nigga. Go get it. But when you find that six figure brother, you be like, oh, I don't like the way I'm treated. I don't, I don't like the way I, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't like the way he talks to me. I don't like the way he don't regard my feelings and things. But but this is the man you wanted. That dude with the six pack and, 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 and the big bank account. You know what I'm saying? That's what you wanted. With the Armani suits. You know? Gucci down to the socks. That's what you wanted. But that comes along with a lot of other bullshit. And for the brothers... You want that shorty with the fat ass? Yeah, you want that fat ass. You want it. Look at you. Yeah, she can ride it too. Yeah, she nice with it. She get in the house. She's filthy. Can't clean the house. Can't teach your children anything. Cooking. Oh, forget about cooking. She don't know how to cook. What? We ordering Chinese every night. Chinese and oodles and noodles every night, year in, year out. Everything processed, year in, year out. And then you say, oh, you're just looking at women to cook and be in the kitchen. Nah, it's not about that. You see, the woman that's in the kitchen, she's controlling the destiny of the family. She's the one deciding what type of nourishment that that family will receive. She's making these decisions. They come to the table to eat. A woman that's wise is going to know what to feed her family. They're not looking to eat anywhere else. What mom cooked? Oh, but mom can't cook. So we got to go to Sarah Lee. And we got to go to Banquet and, and, and Little Debbie and, you know, Texas, Texas chicken and Popeyes. And we got to go all there to get food because these sisters, they don't know that. They think, oh, this is a disrespect because he wants you to be able to cook. No, he wants you to be able to cook so you can give him longevity. You killing him quicker than a, than a, than a man out in the street. You know what I'm saying? It's a, every day, day in, day out. He can't get past 40. Who, Whose fault is that? He, he's, worrying about, he's worrying about going out and getting money. He's, he's going to worry about getting money. And every time he come home with the money, he, he got to eat a whole bunch of processed food. But if, but if he says something, oh, 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 you just want me to be in the kitchen. You want me to be your slave. No, it's about responsibilities. It's about responsibilities. And we all got to assume our responsibilities if we want this thing to work. We got work to do, man, but it ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over because we got people. We got like-minded people. We got people that's on the platform today. Like-minded people who think like we think. And we're trying to find a common ground. We're trying to find solutions. So it ain't over. But we do have work to do. We do have work to do. Now, I'm going to ask, you know, because I'm going to ask my co-host, my co-host with the S, you know what I'm saying, to... uh to spit a piece. If pain, if you're able to spit a piece in obsidian rain, you got a, you got a plethora of pieces that I love. Um, there's some people that's on the, um, on in the stage. I would love to hear that. I want to hear a poem from, um, one brother, uh, I'm going to bring him up. 
I'm gonna bring um Geronimo up. Uh, I'm gonna bring you up, Geronimo. Um, if you can spit a piece for us, it's going on the podcast. So I just want to make you, I want to make you aware of that. It's being recorded. It's going on the podcast. But I really dig your pen. And uh, you want to speak on the topic real quick, bro? Nah, y'all handled it quite nicely. Shout out to Obsidian. Y'all really delved into it. You know, uh, I feel very thoroughly and gave some good points and insight. Appreciate you, King. Appreciate you. You got some ink for us, bro? Absolutely. All right, all right, all right. Let me give you an introduction. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome for our brother, Geronimo Tat. Apparently, when a parent leaves, a child grieves because the future and childhood are taken by a pair of thieves. They lose one parent means they lost both parents. Just listen, because that one parent is failing trying to be the other parent instead of maintaining their original position. If mommy's upset with daddy, then maybe the child stops asking gradually, because if she's mad at dad, then I know if I bring him up, she's going to be mad at me. Then she'll see it as the kid don't miss their dad anyway, so she doesn't make any way for a father to be involved on any day. He feels slighted and possibly guilt-absorbed. And you know what he finna say. I mean, my son don't ask about me, so they, they gotta be better off without me anyway. A lot of people claim they put their kids first. If that was the case, you move with haste to make the shit work. To be the bigger person, you gotta do something big first. With no resentment, no biggie, like Sean Poe doing a big verse. But nah, y'all decide to do what's typical, being vengeful, making all three of your lies so fucking miserable. Just wait until your child finds out they was being lied to. They may still love you, but they definitely ain't going to like you. Mom's dating and kids hating. The security is gone with the stranger inside the home. It's either that or they home alone. Dad's fucking. It's disgusting. No protection. Just busting. He trying to build another home. Y'all can't see that something's wrong. Financially, y'all struggled when y'all was together. Now it's two rents, two light bills, two car notes, double the cheddar, and the situation's supposed to get better? The disdain y'all have for each other is based off y'all your own bad decisions, knowing this is the life of the child that you envision. That's that piece. Wow. Thank you, my brother Geronimo. That's my brother Geronimo Tat, man. This is the type of talent we got over here on Clubhouse, man. Uh, if you guys, if you guys don't know about Clubhouse, it's a it's an app that uh, you can download on your phone, and um, you can engage real people with, in real time. You know, we have a, a lot of dope rooms, a lot of dope poetry rooms over here, where you got the poets over here really doing their thing, man. This, that's just a, a, an example of that. Thank you, my brother Geronimo. For um for delivering that poem for us, man. Appreciate My you, pleasure. King. Thank you. Oh, all right, so let me um let me, let me bring somebody else up, man. Uh, who else we got in this audience? I wanted to hear from. Okay, um, Elizabeth made some great comments in the chat. Let's bring Elizabeth up. Let's get a female because I know Lady Obsidian Rain gonna be like, oh yeah, you just want to bring all the brothers up and all that. I already no, know, man. No, no, no. <laughs> 
expectations are No wrong. expectations. Oh, boy, I don't want to hear that word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's bring Elizabeth up. Hey, Elizabeth, what's going on? Welcome to the hey, stage. What you got to say about the topic? I have so much to say, but like at the end of the day, like it comes down to how we we raise our kids, right? Um, for those raising the next generation, like it's not my job; I can't have them, not having them. But my know what my dad did. My dad teach me how to be respected and how to have a man respect me, and. Like my dad, my my family was backwards. Okay, my mom couldn't cook. My dad cooked. My dad was more of like the mother. I feel like, and my mom was more of the man. But my mom still respected my dad to be head of household and respect his authority, mm. even though she was the breadwinner. Mm. So that was the dynamic in your household. It was mm-hmm. your mom was the breadwinner, and your dad. But she respected my dad's authority. Mm. Mm. My dad worked as well. My mom just made more money because of her career, right? She's a very independent woman, but she understood her role in her marriage. Mm. And that's 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 deep because I don't know if you guys remember this uh this movie. Y'all should remember this. Um Soul Food. Anybody remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that, that movie Soul Food? It was it was it was a dope movie. They had that dope song from the boys and men, the Mama, that mama joint, that was dope. And um, it was this one part in that movie that really stuck with me when I seen that. Because the, the character in that movie, Big Mama, she remind she reminded me a lot of my grandmother. And um, a lot of the households that I, that I knew from my friends and people I dealt with growing up, it was ran with houses just like that. Where Big Mama, you know what I'm saying? Big Mama ran shit. You know what I mean? Big Mama ran shit. And um, it was this one part in that movie when the sisters was talking they was like you remember daddy had that gambling problem where that one time when he almost lost the house he said when mama came in she never took his dignity she never made him feel less than a man you know and um i it, it really resonated with me it really resonated with me because that's wisdom it's wisdom and a lot of time in this new day and age, you know, we're in this age of women being progressive. And it's a beautiful thing. I applaud the sisters for that. But there's certain drawbacks, whereas a lot of the women are are losing. They're losing that sense of wisdom when it comes to, you know, you know, dealing with that family dynamic, our family dynamic. You know, it's different. People got different issues. Everybody issues is not the same, but our issues didn't involve us being at each other's throat. And when I say our, I'm talking about the black community. It didn't, it didn't involve us being at each other's throat. This was something that was manufactured. It was something that was deliberately placed in our community. And we just got to be hip to it and wake up to it and say that, yo, look, this shit is deliberate and it's trying to keep us deliberately away from each other for a reason, for a reason, you know? So a woman you know, her, her her womanhood is not decreased when she's unable to have children. You have some women that can't have children. Do that make her less than a woman? No. She's still a woman, all woman, you know? So a man, his his ability to be able to, to have adequate provisions for his family. Every man wants the best for his family, but, you know, circumstances are the way they are, you know? 
Some people just can't get over the hump at the present time. But he shouldn't be uh, looked at as being less than a man because he don't have a certain amount of money. Because we run that idea of that everything is surrounded around the dollar bill. And if you ain't got no ducats, you ain't worth shit. And that's false. It's very false. You know? So, Elizabeth, uh, you got a you got a piece that you want to spit real quick? Yeah. While you're on the stage? All right. So, you got the stage. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome for Elizabeth Carpenter. Intimate, honest discussions can often serve to soften the impact blows where hardheads create concussions. Through clashing ideologies and approaches to artistry existing paradoxical to love languages. Flowing through veins and arteries pumped feverishly in the heart valves of truth, bringing two meal-stubborn halves into a whole union. This is the communion of the human experience and ongoing experiments of sorts, a meshing of this here, an unfleshing of that there. It is the matrimony of the sanctimony of archimony expressed through a lifetime of self-righteousness, trying to reimagine harmony through a delicate balancing act where old dogs clumsily seek to learn new tricks, bearing bones of the past while understanding the words can hurt a lot more of the time than the sticks and stones thrown by grown folks seasoned with spite, like a rite of passage. What a conundrum it can be to humbling oneself while remaining true to oneself. Mumbling epaulets under breaths, biting tongue, stumbling in a brand new world where someone else requires consideration outside of the fringes of an emotional ego tripper. Daunting to become the realization of teetering on the brink of a sink or swim spectrum. It can end in the glorious story of twin flames or the obituary of two Petty arsonist. It can be a building of a magnificent fireplace or a slow, slow burning of a bridge because matchstick souls were always bound for human combustion in some shape or form within this prism of this pressurized time space continuum we call reality. Wow, thank you for that piece, Elizabeth. Thank you for that piece. Oh, man, man, great show, man. We're going to bring two more people up uh, before we end the show. We have our final thoughts. Uh, I want to bring up the lovely A.K. the Phoenix Rising. Let's bring bring our sister A.K. up. Hey, AK. What's good? The block is hot. What's good? <laughs> the block is hot. The block is hot. What's going on? All right. All right. It ain't nothing. All right. So, AK, man, what do you have to say about the topic? What, what's, what, what's some of the things we can do as far as like, like you can speak about the topic and then like speak to one solution and your, and your idea of what we can do to make things better between us. I think more communication needs to be had between the sexes. Um, we go into these relationships and 
we we don't communicate with one another well because a lot of us aren't taught how to communicate with one another. So that's one of the biggest problems when we get involved with people and whatnot. Um, I think a lot of healing needs to be done on both sides. We have all been hurt. We've all suffered traumas. And a lot of times we mask those traumas and we don't heal from them. So we get into new relationships and we bleed on the people we're with because we haven't healed. Mm. And we got to stop that. We got to stop that. Mm. Um, the whole expectation thing. Um, I think no matter what, people are going to have expectations. We can literally say we won't have them. But in the back of my minds, we will always have them. We might not have like high expectations on a lot of different things, but there's still some regard to, I'm expecting this, this, and this out of a relationship. So even if you don't have expectations of the person you are getting with, you still have expectations for that relationship. Can that person live up to that expectation? If you have done the research and you have listened to this person and you have gotten to know this person, you know ahead of time if this person can meet the expectations that you have set forth. Mm. So instead of trying to hold on to someone who you already know is not going to meet the expectations that you already have in place, let them go. Stop hanging on to them to the point where when you realize, because you already know, when you finally get hit upside the head, well, this ain't going to work. Then you want to go cheat and do other things. Let them go. Stop dragging them along. So that's that's just my take on a lot of stuff. Indeed, indeed. I feel you. I feel you. And um, I think that's true. You know, we need to open up that line of communication or really understand how to communicate with one another. You know, and a lot of times, you know, in this in this day and age, a lot of men, they feel that, you know, their sentiment isn't heard. You know, there's a lot of men that feel like, OK, if. You know, if I say something, you know, it's going to be sounding like I'm complaining or I'm whining and you know what I'm saying? And men don't do that. That's not the expectation of a man, you know, and we got these views and um, it hinder us from actually sitting down, having a conversation to find the common ground. And um, I really second that emotion that, uh, yeah, man, we need to communicate more indeed. So, AK, part of, yeah, go part ahead. of communication is part of the communication is listening indeed you gotta be able to listen see most people say they want to communicate but they're not listening they're hearing but they're not listening no another thing on that on that aspect another thing is what i like is to lead lead with what you're doing lead with what you're doing in the relationship to cause the havoc what's your part in it and when and, and a lot of times when you lead with that you know, it breaks down that wall of resistance, whereas a person is going to say, oh, uh, I got to defend myself because a person is leading with there's no defense. You know what I'm saying? They they setting it on them on themselves. You know, it's, it's no need for you to, you know, attack because they attacking what they're doing in, in the situation that's causing the turmoil. And if, if both parties lead like that, the other party won't feel that 
that need to put up a defense so I got to defend myself from all the words, from all the shit you about to say to me. And then I got to come back with a rebuttal. And a lot of times that's what happens. You do this, you do that. Now nah, I don't start like that. Like I know I've been ignoring you. I know I haven't been present. I know I've been uh, caught up with work and things of that nature. And I apologize. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Start the conversation like that. And um, I think we can get further like that when we lead with the problem that we're contributing as opposed with leading with the with what the person is is doing, you know, because it, it puts up that defense. So um, great point. You want to you know one of the biggest problems is the fact that we're expecting something from other people that we don't bring ourselves. Mm. You can't. Mm. You can't expect someone to have a six-figure job if you don't. Mm. You expect someone to uh, be business-minded if you're not. Mm. You expect someone to love you if you don't love you. Mm. Facts. And that's a AK. That's facts. <laughs> that's facts. You know, like, we definitely got to be the change we want to see in the world. We got to be that change. We got to we got to change the way we think, change the way we approach things and um, we'll get different results. But if we keep approaching things in the same fashion that we've been doing it, you know, it's going to lead to the same results we've been getting. And we don't want that. We definitely do not want that. You know, so uh, thank you, AK, man. Appreciate that. I wanted to ask you, you, you got a piece you want to share while you on the stage? Sure. All right, all right. Let me set this stage up for you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome for AK, the Phoenix Rising. So I'm going to do this um, piece um, that's coming from part of what I was talking about when people come into relationships and they're damaged and whatnot. So this is called battling for love. I don't know what it is, but it's something about you. I haven't seen with anyone before and I'm feeling it. Your conversation is different. Your energy is different. Your demeanor is different. You exude confidence without being cocky. You're in touch with your emotions. You're, and you're not hypersensitive. You display the strength of Hercules, but you're as gentle as Hynos. And we may have just met, but it feels like we've known each other for a lifetime. Do you not feel the connection between us? I do, and it's strong. It draws us together like a magnet. I, I can't get away from you. And that scares me. Crippled by ghosts of past traumas, leave me with insecurities and denial on the line. But I'm sick of saying goodbyes. And I'm ready to spend a lifetime. But are you the one? Are you going to care for my fragile heart if I place it in your hands? Are you willing to stick with me when my insecurities and depression kick in? Can you handle my outburst of aggression? When I'm feeling like I'm losing all control, can you match my passion's intensity? Listen, I've learned not to trust my heart. 
She's lied to me far too many times, but with you, I'm resisting, wanting her to be wrong this time around. Wanting the darkness that hangs over her to only be an extension of your chocolate melanin. But if I go against her, will I be left picking up the pieces of my dilapidated heart once more? I feel so torn. It makes it easy to go crazy because I'm falling for you. I mean, I find refuge in your arms, security in your grasp. Your words dance in my ears, but they ring alarms in my head, which sets me on the edge of sanity, battling myself because I want to let go and I want to let you in. And I know that sometimes love is stronger than the fear of love. And I like to share that love with you. But I'm needing to break this cycle of jumping off love's ledge, diving into a sea of piranha that only eat away at me until there's nothing left. It's a bittersweet surrender, but I want to give in to it. Wanting to find our rhythm, wanting to create our own fairy tale as we finger paint lasting memories on one another's hearts, speaking into one another's souls. But am I too broken to love? Are the ghosts of my past hearts break too much to bear as they nip at my heels, piggybacking along for the ride? I, I, I don't know. What I do know is that your soul speaks to mine, whispering tender feelings of emotions that flood me, vowing to protect me. It leaves me melting in the possibilities of security, and maybe I want that. I crave that. I long for that. And I only want that with you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, AK, the Phoenix Rising, for that lovely, lovely piece. Thank you. Wow. All right, now. We got one more. We got one more we're going to bring up. Uh, brother made some dope comments in the in the chat, and um, we want to bring up we going to bring up the brother Fauzan Hertz. Let's bring him up to the stage. Yeah, this um, our brother's here. What's good, Hertz? How you doing, brother? Hey, my brother. How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you got a comment for the um the comment you wanted to say, but it was too long to type. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you ever wonder why people that serve in in the military or the army or whatever form of you know why they have this almost unbreakable loyalty even after they leave the army years and years later. So my theory is that their time there, because it's always a life and death situation, puts them in positions where they have this almost unbreakable understanding that they are equally screwed, right? Mm. The, the sergeant or the captain or the colonel or the lieutenant is not any more bulletproof than the private. The bullet's going to get them the same. 
the bombs are going to go off the same. So they look out for each other the same because they are in the same pot of piss, right? Now, to bring that into um, the topic, I think one of the first stages in us solving this unhealthy dynamic that we find ourselves in is having an unbiased, very honest, even if it's internally hurtful, understanding that we are equally screwed as a race as a people we need to have that understanding that we have we have 15th century brains that accidentally discovered 21st century technology before our brains were morally able to even deal with it and we are seeing the fallout of that right once we agree that look it doesn't matter whether it's the fault of the patriarchy or the matriarchy or whatever. We are all screwed because we are all victims of it. Mm. That honesty and saying, look, we're all screwed, but how can we start helping each other? Right? How can we start fixing this together instead of, oh, it's your fault or it's this other person's fault? Because if we're both sitting down, you know that saying that two people sitting down can't lift each other up. Somebody has to stand up first, right? If two people are sitting down and I'm sitting, I don't know, in in a puddle of mud and somebody else is sitting on a heap of dung, we are both sitting down. It doesn't even matter how severe the other person's situation is. It's that first understanding that, okay, we're both sitting down. How can we stand up? Then mm. we can assess what the damage of the dung or the mud has done to each other. But until we have that understanding that, look, so many mistakes were made before myself and you were born that made you into the kind of woman you are. And so many mistakes were made that turned me into the kind of man that I am. And we're both victims of this. Let us help each other to mm. fix it. It's that, under, that very honest understanding that we are equally screwed because... Even if we traded places, the pain is still there. The women are hurting and the men are hurting. And that's why we can't listen to each other. Because we both have failed to agree that we are equally in trouble. And so everybody ends up just backing into this corner where they're going to defend their pain because that's all they know. And the guy is also going to defend his pain because that's all he knows. And what does that end up doing? We end up exerting more pain onto each other. But once we say, look, okay. We are both in pain. The degree may be different. Yours may be more than mine. You know, you may have dealt with yours for much longer than mine, but we are both in pain, right? While our sisters are getting taken advantage of in, in, in unspeakable ways by men, our brothers are taking their lives at very unprecedented rates. We are all in pain. How can we start fixing each other? I think the solution lies in fu us first accepting that we're both hurting without caring who's at fault, then we can start fixing it. I think that's my train of thought on how we can actually fix Great. our position, but it is yet to be proved or disproved. But that's what I think from just my observation of everything. Great point. Great point, my brother. Great point. Now I wonder what you call, it. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you, did you have a piece that you wanted to spit? Oh, um, I have something actually uh, around, along those same lines. Uh, it's a little piece called I'm Sorry. 
All right, so let me set the stage up for you because I gotta. We're gonna have to end the show, but I, I definitely want to hear um Lady Obsidian Rain and um my brother Written in Pain. They're gonna spit. So uh uh yeah, let me set the stage up for you, Hertz. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome for our brother, Hertz Fauzan. afraid of making love and so we always had sex a few moments later and we're thinking wondering what's next i'm looking at you knowing that you always trust me all days and knowing you could never have me has me feeling upset angels and demons and i was the demon in you nobody walking on this earth ever believed me like you doing everything you did within it nothing for you got me asking if my pain was motivation for you i could have broken long ago and yet you carried me through. I hurt you bad and you would heal like Wonder Woman needs you. Some shit that I can't ever say, I leave it on the pages. I failed to grow, I failed to learn. My past is living with you. And even though you made mistakes, I've got the burden of guilt. I was always wrapped around my dreams, a baby wrapped in a kilt. And all you ever wanted was love. And I couldn't give it to you. I'm sorry. Broken people break people. And I did a good one. I opened up my eyes wondering if you're the real one. I pushed you away and back you came like you ain't seen none. Like you enjoyed the pain. Like it was every day you need some. I was scared of the past. Modified from a future. Too many tests with no lessons like I killed my tutor. Confusing stage in my life. Asking where I could put you. In between family and skeletons in my shoebox. In between my ambition and ghosts of my true self. Knowing this is all I have and who I am I give you. But who I am is full of damages, heartbroken for everything, accumulation of past pain that's never healing. I let you blame me for everything. Pain was like my everything. It's my department, so we can talk about it every week. I mastered the art of masking my pain. All you wanted was to open and I couldn't let you in. I'm sorry. Profound, profound, sincere, and vulnerable, man. Dope peace, my brother. Dope peace, man. Thank you for coming to the stage, man, sharing that peace for us, man. Oh, uh, yeah, man. So uh, this is that time, man. This is that time. I'm, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to wrap it up. But, uh, but we got a treat. We have a treat. We have the lovely Lady Obsidian Rain. When you talk about not caring if I stay or leave, I'm obligated to believe you. You proudly claim that others want to keep you, bragging that you're such a catch. Don't be mistaken, parasites hold on too. That doesn't seem like something to be too okay with when you can't see what they're doing to you. Draining life from you just so you feel like you belong. Wanting so bad to be accepted, to fit in, you tell me not to settle when you've already settled within. Settled for all you think you deserve when there's so much more promise to you. 
so much more you could accomplish if you let go of dead weight. Expectations piled on your plate. Can you see that gluttony enforced what you ate? Dis digested lies that you had to have more to be complete. But gluttony is never satisfied. Like those parasites at your feet. Mutiny, my dear, is what keeps you from me. Betrayed by your own lust for attention, you exchange quality for quantity, humility for pride, a title, the accolades, the need to be seen. Greed has blinded you so your heart can't see me, can't feel me, so I must decline being part of your entourage, your harem. Even though I'm capable of being supreme, madam, I don't have the desire to have others vying for ways to dethrone me. They see how fickle you are and are willing to play dirty. I won't sully my soul with envy. Won't play the part to stroke your ego. If you aren't satisfied with me, you're free to go. Getting triggered by my rejection when it's you who's rejected me, neglected me, walking away from the truth you see in me, you abandoned you, restraining yourself from the love you weren't given. I don't take it personally. In fact, I see it as being your self-sabotaging technique. Claiming I deserve better means you've settled yourself as less. Don't know what to tell you if you won't raise yourself. Standards are standards for a reason. I'm not an everyone person kind of a woman no matter the season. Never out of loneliness or boredom. I know what I want and then some. So I'm patient awaiting God's promise. When it's true, I'll be sure to know in time. Like I said, it's not me, it's you. It's your mutiny that keeps you from me because I've always loved to life openly and freely. Rightfully so, rightfully so, obsidian. Oh, my goodness, man. Kindred, man. Oh, your pen, your pen. Oh, my brother, Mr. Written in Pain. You got a piece for us, bro? Uh, yeah, I do. All right, man. Let me let me give you an introduction because I got to do I don't supposed to do it because, you know what I'm saying? It, you know, but. Nah, I'll get an introduction too. I'm a yeah, guest tonight. Yeah, I'm a guest. Are you a guest? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Coming to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from all around the world, the phenom himself, the man with pain ingrained in his veins, has decided to bless us with a poem. Silence! And welcome to the stage, Mr. Written. In pain. Yo, from now on, that's how you drive. This piece called Shotgun Daddy. And all we agreed upon was sex. We found love in the club. Rum and coke turn erotic back rubs. Doggy style in a bathtub. Turned on by the danger of a one. 
two, three nights stand with a stranger. I emptied the whole clip, plus the one in the chamber. 41 days later, your text about sex brought me to anger. Shame. I ain't even remember your name. Miss Jump Off, my one-off, a.k.a. Drunk chick I bumped off. Said you preggers. I'm like, is it mine? You sure? Because my boys got caught like this before, shelling out abortion money to whores. She... She felt nothing but disrespect in my text. I pulled out first two times when I drilled. You told me to chill, so I chilled. Said you was on the pill. Said I could spread that ass and spill at will. Now I got to attend a shower? And the projects, no less? Press, because you press. Now I'm stressed. When the truth is, all we agreed upon was sex. Me and you started with a flirt. You gave me the skirt. We both married, doing dirt. But your shit ain't work. So I'm putting in work after work. I mean, you recently divorced, so nothing's forced. But tonight, this is it. It's quits. Me and my wife trying to fix our shit. All run, hella fun, but it's done. I never forget the June day I was sitting by the pool. You call, I'm cool. You say I'm on my second trimester. I'm like, oh, you went back to school? I'm confused. She said, guess you fucked the IUD out of me. She giggling and smirking like she ain't carrying a whole person. I said, you ruining my life. She said, nah, nigga, I'm giving you one, fella. I said, well, what about my wife? She said, well, you want me to tell her? I said, but she pregnant with our next child. She said, well, at the shower, I'm bringing your stepchild. But I'm like, all we agreed upon was sex. Damn. Is it the hustle or the scam? Because every nut gusher ain't a family, man. Yet it's crazy what they tell the babies when they scam. Your father didn't love you. Tell him he ain't love you either. We drunk as two skunks in the back of a theater. I know how it go nowadays. You have another baby. You get a food stamp raise. Got me in court for support. But don't pay light rent or gas. But who paid for that ass? Judge can't tell. That's a BBL. All that silky get wet down your back. What's that? $60 a pack? And you got a whole lot of heads. So what I know. You ain't alone. And that nigga got you and your son iPhones. But I'm wrong because I'm lost. When I ask how much them gel tips cost, because you telling the judge you in the struggle that make ends meet, man, go ahead, run that shit. I make 600 a week and y'all want some of that. That's whack. You telling this boy your father don't love you, man. I got to eat, pay rent. Y'all taking 150. Bitch, fuck you. I didn't want to be a father. I told you so. But every time you ask me, I told you no. So you said I ain't tell you what to do, but it wasn't true. Then you came around and said, I can't tell you what to do with your body. That's fine. But you can't tell me what to do with my time. She said, I don't want shit from you. But my pay stuff say you lying. It's creepy having a baby to keep me. Now I'm a criminal. My life altered by one individual whose procreation was never even a conversation. Now I need two forms of wages to avoid cages, extra labors, because you in labor? 
We was broke in need before the extra mouth to feed. Trying to be responsible, but I tell you right now, responsibility is fucking killing me. Why have a son for a man who ain't want one? Diapers, clothes, everything you asking me, yet you still in court fucking harassing me. And just so I'm clear, we know if I worked in McDonald's, your ass wouldn't even be here. And if you really want the truth, right about now, I'm feeling like Ray Caruth, because, man, all we agreed upon was sex. I was running pain. And written, and written in pain fashion. Dope piece, bro. Dope piece, man. Giving that other perspective, man. Dope piece. All right, so I'm gonna end the, I'm gonna end the show with a piece. I'm gonna do a piece, and uh, we'll end off with that. Such dope poems, man. Dope poems. So I'm gonna do this piece, and uh, what is the name of this piece? Uh, oh yeah, the name of this piece is called "A Prelude to a Kiss." Try to understand how I feel. The going back and forth has gotten to be a little redundant. We both say we love each other. But underlying remnants of our past affects our now. And how can we erase our past? When constant reminders of our mishaps won't allow the remainder parts of our hearts to heal, perhaps we're in too deep. And keeping it real hurts more than the truth, so we lie to each other to cope with the obvious that we act so oblivious to, and our acting has become more and more less believable. As we become more like strangers, the danger of a love loss is imminent, and the very oath of our promises shattered like shards of glass on the pavement. What happened to us? I remember when we reflected the best of each other. The very image we both aspired to project, but I guess our resolve to each other has diminished. I mean, there was a time we used to finish each other's sentences. A time when I can just look at you and knew what you were thinking, but now I'm second guessing what you're feeling. And dealing with this tension is the very proof that I love you. Because love ain't never been measured by the amount of teeth shown from smiles and grins, but by the amount of sins and transgressions forgiven when the relationship is in the trenches. Second chances is a norm for us and trust is an issue, but I wonder if I kissed you now, would that make the difference? Would that be the prelude to a new beginning or is that just wishful thinking? Perhaps so. But if that's so, then why are we here? Why do we pretend to care that if any one of us split, that that wouldn't hit the very core of us? I mean, we both know we're bluffing. We're like big dogs with no bite, fist balled up, but no fight, pretending like charades. And living in the shade of what we used to have is the hardest thing to face. And we're nose to nose with that fate. And no one knows that when that Day will come that life will go. So why can't we just exist together? Forgive and forget the past. Just deal with the fact that life distracts us at times. And it's not personal. 
and we're just human. And commitment doesn't mean that my eyes won't wander on occasions, but it does mean that I would never occasionally wander away from home. And believe me, I'm committed to us. But what is us without the selfless gift of mercy? And what greater gesture of mercy than forgiveness? And part of forgiving is forgetting, so forgive me. And forget the way I used to be. And see me for who I am. A man who has made some mistakes. But I wonder if I kiss you now, would that make everything okay? All right. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys tremendously. I want to thank you guys for sharing this time, you know, coming to the stage, engaging, you know, bringing your thoughts up. I think it was fruitful. I think it was very beneficial. I think it was a productive and um, fruitful conversation. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, uh, Lady Obsidian Rain. Thank you so much. Uh, you always, you always come. I know I, I harass you a lot. I harass you a lot. Uh, you're my morning fix sometimes. I, and I harass you. I see a TikTok video and uh, we just start going at it. But uh, I really appreciate you, Queen, for coming through, man, sharing your wisdom with us and your, and your points of views. Uh, my brother, Written in Pain, you already know, man. You my brother, man. And um, uh, thank you for taking this time to come out and um contribute to the conversation man you made some very great points and that piece you know shotgun daddy that's one of my favorite pieces man uh that piece it, it rawly shows the the perspective of a lot of brothers man that fell into that type of category but that's another show though because I, I know lady obsidian rain was like she was steaming when you was spitting that joint <laughs> but uh Steve, <laughs> Steve, <But. laughs> Steve was coming out. I, I felt it. I felt the heat through my roadcast. I was like, "Oh, I see it's smoking." <laughs> but uh, no, I'll... no. Can, can I? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's one of those. It's one of those things, right? Um, we we talk about how our experiences make us biased, and there are some points that you guys were making early in the conversation about you know what women are capable of doing and, and things like that. And when we start talking about expectations. Those narratives then yeah. become the expectations. I literally had a guy yeah. tell me that, you know, women will use their women files and, you know, manipulate and trap. And I realized that that mentality, that mindset was the view that he was looking at me through. He couldn't make space to see me because these expectations of what has been put out there for you to expect from another person was already set in stone. So listening to that poem I was like that's really the the storyline that probably somebody in particular wanted to make what you know what happened as what I was doing and the reality is on the other on the other side of that that's really not you know always the case but like you said that is a that's a whole nother different podcast day. I got some content for that man we gonna make a we gonna make a show with that shotgun daddy you know say make a show with that title but uh I definitely want to thank you guys uh you know uh i definitely want to thank both you guys for coming through man and um 
and sharing love, man. You know, like pain is another one. Anytime I call, man, and uh, he's there. So I appreciate both of you, man. And uh, this is the time of the show where I usually address my audience uh, and I want to leave them with some words of inspiration. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice, I need you to pay attention and tune in. If you can hear the sound of my voice, I need you to really feel my vibe. Today, today, not tomorrow. Today is the new day of where you start your legacy. I hope, I hope this day finds you in a place secure and content in your skin. Know that you do have value. You have purpose. Life is about journey. Life is about journey. So why don't you start the journey? If you don't know anything about me, if you don't know anything about me, I want you to know this. I want you to know I love you. And I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace.